Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jan Robinson, Registrar and Chief Executive Officer at the College of Veterinarians of Ontario. Today we're discussing the peer advisory conversation. I'm joined by Dr. Kim Lambert, who is the Associate Registrar in Quality Practice at the College. Kim will provide a brief introduction on the program. Welcome, Kim. Thanks, Jan. We are really pleased to be introducing the peer advisory conversation to veterinarians in practice in Ontario. The program has been under development for several months. We wanted to build and offer a program that meets the needs of veterinarians. We are excited to be offering the program in the pilot phase, and we look forward to feedback from the veterinarians who are involved as participants and peer advisors to help shape the final product. Veterinarians have wondered why the college is involved in quality assurance activities when it's not yet mandatory. The college's quality assurance programs are intended to support the public's access to safe, competent veterinary medicine in Ontario, which is directly in alignment with our mandate. The public expects that professionals are engaging in continuing professional development to maintain and enhance professional knowledge, skills and judgment throughout their career. We know that veterinarians are very busy people. Why would participation in the conversation be a priority for them? By participating in the peer advisory conversation during the pilot phase, feedback from veterinarians will help shape the continued development of this important program. It's an opportunity to contribute in the early stages. Through the Quality Assurance Program more generally, veterinarians have an opportunity to voluntarily demonstrate to the public the profession's leadership and commitment to assuring the public has access to safe, quality veterinary medicine in Ontario. Many veterinarians have contributed their voices to the development of the college's quality assurance program so far. There is definitely an opportunity for all to contribute. Quality assurance activities are mandatory in the human health professions, and even most veterinarians across Canada practice under legislation which requires it. In Ontario today, our veterinary quality initiatives are voluntary. But building a program voluntarily is best. It ensures the profession benefits from a program designed and built by them, for them, and most importantly, the public sees the veterinary profession as demonstrating leadership and commitment to quality animal care. That demonstration of leadership earns the public's trust. So the vast majority of veterinarians have conversations with their colleagues every day. How is this different? So the peer advisory conversation is structured to help veterinarians identify those areas of their practice that are areas of strength, and also those areas that may need improvement or refinement. There are three parts to the conversation, a discussion on continuing professional development, a discussion on specific cases, and thirdly, a discussion on non-technical skills. Before we chat about each of the three components, I want to be really clear that the peer advisory conversation operates in isolation from the college's investigations and resolutions procedures. We can certainly understand that veterinarians may be hesitant to participate if they believe the college is listening in on the conversation. The college provides the conversation tools and the training to the peer advisors, but does not review the specific content provided by the participant, which forms the basis for the conversation. The college wants the conversation to provide a positive learning experience and support for veterinarians in providing safe, competent care that is consistent with practice standards and supports the best outcomes for those they serve. That's the goal of the program. With that in mind, let's talk about the three components of the conversation and how they support that goal. Let's begin with continuing professional development. The continuing professional development discussion 
also referred to as CPD, helps you get the most bang for your buck from the time and resources you commit to continued learning. We each learn differently, and our CPD activities are unique as well. Through the conversation, you are asked to think about how you select CPD, what makes you decide a particular area of your practice needs some work, how do you identify your strengths and weaknesses, how do you approach integrating new learning into your practice, and how do you determine whether those changes that evolve from your selected CPD activities are in fact working for you. We know veterinarians are keen on CPD. Licensed members report an average of 150 plus hours of CPD annually, and that's fantastic. Council currently recommends 150 hours over three years. The tools to support CPD come in a wide variety of formats. Veterinarians regularly attend conferences and educational sessions, conduct research on VIN, and discuss cases with their colleagues. Veterinarians dedicate a significant amount of time, resources, and energy to maintaining and enhancing their competency through these tools. However, research indicates attendance at a course does not necessarily translate into changes in behavior. We may not apply what we learn. In spite of attending educational events, a practitioner may still be experiencing some stage of competency drift. There is research suggesting that those who are at greatest risk for competency drift are older practitioners, those who work alone, and those who are not engaged with their peers or the profession. So we're not suggesting abandoning the traditional CPD tools, but we are suggesting some attention to how you engage with your practice, your clinic staff, and your profession. Through the help of the peer advisory conversation, you may be motivated to think of some new options to broaden your CPD activities. Now let's take a look at the non-technical skills. The non-technical skills discussion is another component of the peer advisory conversation. This area focuses on your communication with clients, how you evaluate your clients' understanding and adapt to different communication styles, and also your communication within your team. The non-technical skills discussion includes your relationship with your team and how you support collaboration on the team. Your leadership style, your approach to problem solving and decision making are also discussed. Situational awareness and how you remain prepared for changing situations in your practice. The important area of managing stress and coping with fatigue are also part of the wellness conversation. Conversation participants may complete the professional quality of life scale, which provides an evaluation in areas of compassion satisfaction, burnout, compassion fatigue, and traumatic stress. You don't share the specifics of the scale, but you discuss the findings and how you support your wellness and cope with stress. The non-technical skills are so important, aren't they, Kim? Yeah, they definitely are. And it's unfortunate that they are often considered secondary to the more technical skills associated with the delivery of veterinary medicine. The evolving research in this area is one of the reasons we have placed emphasis on them. In fact, the evidence would tell us that once in practice, it is the non-technical skills that contribute more to error or challenges in meeting a standard of care. Teamwork, leadership, awareness of the environment all make a difference. And in terms of wellness, it is terrific to have this as an area of focus as the college aims to support veterinarians in good practice. Let's talk about case-based discussion. In the third component of the peer advisory conversation, you and your peer advisor will review cases that you select with consideration to case management, prescribing, dispensing or administering drugs, diagnosis, record management, 
as some of the areas of focus. You look at cases from a variety of scenarios, a surgical case, an emergency or acute condition, a wellness visit, and a chronic condition. Through the case discussion, the conversation moves through protocols, confidentiality, delegation, monitoring patients, obtaining informed client consent, medical records, fulfillment of the requirements for the veterinarian-client-patient relationship, and client communication. This part of the discussion would be a great primer on the college's current expectations and practice standards in those areas. The college's practice standards provide clarity on our expectations of all veterinarians. And there is also a practice advisory service to assist the public and veterinarians who are seeking further clarification. But through the conversation, a veterinarian can gain a more practical understanding of how the standards integrate into their everyday activities. The conversation really sounds like time well spent. It certainly is. Because of the structure of the conversation and being guided by a trained peer advisor, all aspects of the conversation can be covered in about two hours. It's a good investment in your ongoing competency. In that time, you gain insight into practice standards and regulatory requirements, suggestions for options for future CPD, and valuable insight into managing the risk areas in your practice. And your participation is logged in the CPD hours you report to the college during license renewal. There are significant and measurable benefits to signing up to participate in the conversation. So how can people get involved? Recruitment during the pilot phase will be ongoing throughout 2017. There is an online registration form on the college's website to sign up, or you can call the college directly, and we will be happy to help you register. As the components of the conversation focus on clinical practice, we are currently seeking participation from veterinarians who are working in clinical practice. We do want to emphasize that the conversation offers benefits to participants at all stages of your career. Whether you are a 30-year veteran of the profession or in your first year of practice, I encourage you to get involved. This is your program and also your profession's program. Your input on its strengths and effectiveness ensures the program achieves its goals and objectives. We're just at the beginning of the pilot phase. How has the response been so far? Very encouraging. Participants complete a questionnaire for the college after their conversation, and the feedback has been very positive. People shared specific changes they intend to make in how they communicate with staff, selecting continuing education opportunities, and improving medical records. Participants saw it as time well spent and a positive experience. One person said that it was not at all intimidating. The feedback is so helpful in shaping the program during this development phase. Just to summarize, the college is recruiting veterinarians in clinical practice to participate in the peer advisory conversation. The pilot phase will be ongoing throughout the year, so you can sign up at any time. There is no cost to participate, and the conversation will take about two hours of your time. The peer advisory conversation is intended to become the flagship program within the college's quality practice resources. It needs to be worthwhile and effective in helping veterinarians to support their continuing competency. That is why it is important to veterinarians and the clients and the animals they serve. Thank you for tuning in and thank you, Kim, for joining me. For more information on the peer advisory conversation, contact the college or visit the quality practice section of the college's website.